Boom. What up, ladies there it and is. gents? One of my favorite topics to be talking about today, branding. It's all about what you do online. So here we go. Shut, Shut up, up and sit down. down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business Bros. Yeah. <laughs> it is officially Tuesday, and it's time for some. Fire. All right, all you business pros out there, before we jump into the show, just a quick reminder to please subscribe on whichever platform it is that you're listening to us on today. Give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe, and drop a review. Help other like-minded business owners find value from our awesome guests while we rise up in the podcast rankings. We will sincerely appreciate it. And if you want to be a guest on the show, we'd love to have you on to learn from you as well. Go to www.businessbros.biz slash podcast guest to schedule your time slot. And don't forget to follow us on all our social media at Business Bros Pod. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're so excited, so honored to bring another incredible guest to the Business Bros Pod. Our guest today is a man after our own hearts. He understands better than most the very real power that lies in podcasting, and he spends his time helping visionary founders impact the world by helping them share their values and messages across top-rated podcasts like ours. Our guest really knows what he's doing. His show has over 3 million downloads, featuring over 800 high-profile interviews. He's been featured in a multitude of magazines and ranked as a top influencer by Inc. Magazine, Top 100 iTunes Podcasts, and BuzzFeed. And now he's here to share his secrets with our audience. If you are looking to start a podcast and want to make sure that you're successful, you will regret not staying tuned to today's episode. Joining us today from Command Your Brand, the host of the Create Your Own Life podcast. Welcome to the show, Jeremy Slade! Boom! Let's get this show rocking and rolling. Damn, you guys have a lot of bells and whistles here, man. Like, I'm a lot of videos, and like, this is this is pretty awesome. (laughs) that's what we do dude it's all about having fun it's like bringing out whatever your inner fun is and just kind of bringing it to the airwaves what what's what brought you to podcasting i failed at everything (laughs) (laughs) best answer (laughs) I, i don't know man like i couldn't like i could barely tie my shoes um like i so i have my master's degree in ancient history not a very like marketable skill and, and uh, you know, I, I studied Latin for 12 years. I had somebody say to me the other day, like, why would you do that? I was like, well, I got the Catholic school and then I went to college and then grad school and everything else. So like for me, like my plan was to be a teacher. Um, and I ended up doing that for about two years, um, teaching high school out of uh, college. And I don't know if I wasn't built for it or what, but like, dude, I was miserable by the time I got home every day because they put you in a room with 40 kids and say, good luck. And you have like no classroom management skills or anything. So like I was burnt out as hell. And uh, my mom ended up having a really bad stroke in 2012. And it kind of made me look at a lot of what I was doing. And I like, I wanted to do something different. I just didn't know what it looked like. So like, I tried network marketing, I tried selling life insurance, which I was good at, but I hated being like, so you're gonna die, you should probably buy this. (laughs) Um, I was selling products on Amazon, like I did all these different- Why so serious? 
<laughs> and uh, you know, it just didn't really seem to like work for me. Um, and then eventually I just started working at a friend's web design firm. You know, I taught myself how to build websites from just reading blogs and watching YouTube videos. And I've been listening to podcasts since like 2007. So I'm like, Hey, let me just start a podcast and see where it goes. And, uh, the first version was horrible. The second version took off. Dude. I, okay. So first of all, there was a lot there. Yeah. Uh, you haven't stopped being a teacher. Right. Maybe no, I agree. I agree. Out of, the, out of the classroom sense, like, dude, I'm telling you right now, like I, I still, I still teach to this day. I, I teach part-time in the morning in high school with distance learning. I don't have to worry about classroom management. I don't have a classroom like this literally is my classroom right here where I'm sitting right now. So it's a little bit different, but you kind of dove into what was a strength. Did you know it was a strength when you first got into podcasting or was it something you developed over time? Wow. Um, interesting. So for me, I like, I always like being a student and I always like learning. And I've just, for some reason I found it didn't translate for me into the classroom. I, I just, it just wasn't the way it was. I don't know if I was boring or what, like, I will admit, like I would put slides up and just start talking. Like, you know, I'd be bored of me. Um, but like, so like, it wasn't, it wasn't that exciting. Um, but I don't know, man, like for me, I, th I think it was, I followed my own curiosity and because I was following what made me curious and what made me interested, I tried to create something that was, you know, really interesting to others. But I'll tell you, man, like, you know, we're over 800 interviews in and I didn't really feel like I was good at this until I'd done about 200. You know what I mean? Like, cause mm -hmm. you really get that under your belt. You really work at it and you know, you, you, you really bust your butt. Like I'm, I'm, I just, I don't know where you guys stand in the sports world, but like I was, I was listening to this podcast about Tom Brady today and they're talking about like, you know, like he didn't get to play till his junior year of college. He sat the bench. He did this and that. He doesn't get drafted to the sixth round. And, you know, like, because he wasn't Tom Brady yet, you know what I mean? Like you have to kind of go through some of those experiences to become the person you want to be. And it's work, man. It really is. Well, let's talk about, you know, becoming a goat, right? So yeah. it's rare that I get somebody on the show who's done more episodes than we are. You're 643. <laughs> so it's awesome to, because you've, you've gone through it, right? You like, yeah. I, I can literally relate to what you've gone through. Tell me about that first podcast though. Like what was it and why did it bomb? Why, 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 why not keep going with that one? So I guess there's two different viewpoints in there. There's the first podcast and then there's the first interview I actually did. So the first podcast is called Rock Your Life. And it was atrocious because it was like very life coachy, which I'm the furthest thing from because I just really lack empathy. Um, <laughs> so like it just it just didn't really work out for me. And like, I don't know, like there was no miking, There was no like content calendar. Like it was just it was it was crap, man. Like it was horrible. And I quit that after about 60 days. And it had like I think we hit 100 listens for the whole show. And I did like 40 episodes. So like, it wasn't very good. Um <clears throat> I'm so curious, like who actually listened to that show? Like, I'm, I'm kind of shocked. Um, like my first actual interview um, on Create Your Own Life, um, I interviewed this guy uh, named Wayne Root, and he's a he's a billionaire in the world of like owning casinos. And like the thing I learned is like he likes to talk a lot. And when I you aren't good at like doing an interview yet, like you don't know when to interrupt. So like I just said like welcome to the show, and then I didn't talk for 40 minutes. So like you <laughs> kind of like. You know what I mean? There's the two extremes there. There was like, okay, I, I realize this content sucks, but like at the same time, like you kind of have to get your chops up to be able to go, do a good job. And even when I did it the second time around. Well, okay. So 
one of the things that I've learned in podcasting is that makes you a really good host, by the way, is not really your ability to talk. Yeah. Okay. If you're doing a solo show, you better have an ability to talk. Oh yeah, absolutely. When you're doing an interview based show, a lot of it has to do with your ability to listen. Like I don't have questions scripted for you today, for example, right? I I love the fact that when I meet my guest, I'm meeting them for the first time, just like my audience is listening and meeting you for the first time too. Unless they, uh, unless in your case, they actually listened uh, quite a bit already, but uh, listening for who this individual is, what's going on in their life, and then being able to ask a question, I think that's way more of a developed skill than people give credit to. What, okay, yeah. so you, you had that first guess and you didn't really say anything, but your skill got better over time. Like if you had to put a, a number of episodes to it, I know you said something like 200, but until you felt comfortable where you were going to just hop on this mic and you didn't have to worry about a thing, like I think people underestimate it. What would that be for you? Well, there, there's two extremes to that, right? Like, you know, in the beginning, I overprepared. Like, it was like an interrogation for that poor person on the other side. Like, other than that first interview, like, dude, he 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 ran the mic. Like, I couldn't talk. Um, super nice guy, but like, he just, you know, more type A than me, I guess. Um, so like, <laughs> I had like 60 questions ready for somebody, and it was like, where were you born? Where are you from? What do you do for a living? Like, it was just too many things, dude. Like, it was just like like that poor person that just had the mic, like it was an interrogation. And then it kind of flipped to where I didn't prepare at all. And then what I found about that is like, I started relying too much on the guests to kind of supply the content. And then what actually happened is I kind of found this nice mix between the two, um, between like preparing enough where like, you know, I'm not going to spend hours preparing. I'm just not going to do that. Um, but like what I've done is I find a podcast they run that I like, like, you know, a host that I respect. And I'll listen to that a little bit to kind of see like, where do they hesitate? How do they answer a question? Like, how do they kind of conduct an interview? Because you'll find that you ask somebody a question, they give you a one word answer. You're like, what do I do with that? So if you're not prepared for that to happen and how you're going to ask the question, you want to say something. Yes. (laughs) I'm picturing it in my head. I've had those guests before. I know exactly what you're talking about. So like, if you don't know that's going to happen, like you, you know, I prepare very few questions, but I have like three or four prepared when I'm going to go in an interview. So that way you can position it the right way to kind of give you some like, you know, to put some meat on the bone to be able to eat off of, if that makes sense. Like you got to kind of put something there to be able to come in with those cool follow-ups and that way you keep the conversation going. But if you don't set it up right, you don't have the other things that come after it, which I don't prepare for. I prepare for the couple main points that I know are necessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And and oftentimes, so so I'll tell you how I do it. Uh, yeah. they, they come in the booking questions, right? So I have like two main booking questions that I that I ask because that gives me an idea of where you're from. And I do the same thing. If, if you have another episode, I'm going to listen to it maybe five or 10 minutes just to kind of get an idea and then mm-hmm. go from there. That gives me all the ammo I need to have a, a regular show. Now, the, the thing is, when you get started, you're not thinking about that sort of stuff. The thing you're thinking about is, did I plug in the wire correctly? Did I hit the record button, right? Those are the things that are going through your head at the very beginning. Yeah. Um, but as you develop some of those skills, you start to kind of implement some more systems that help you automate some of the process. What are some of the things that you do today that you maybe outsource or you do that you have a, a system implemented to help kind of make this an easier process when, when, when developing a show? So I'll say also from <clears throat> from the beginning, like, yeah, the where does this wire and stuff thing go matters to me. But at the same time, like, um, I don't know, like, even though I was a teacher, I'm not a, I wasn't a very like, you know, want to be in front of people person. So I had to kind of get used to that even like, so you get nervous about like, oh my gosh, there's a person in front of me. What do I do with this? Um, so like, I, you know, 
like, and if I didn't do that, like I do a lot of speaking now, there's no way I would have been able to do that had I not had a podcast. Um, but I'll say in terms of like systems and processes I built, <clears throat> like um, one of the things I've done is like, yes, we get a lot of like inbound guest requests, but like I've maintained this spreadsheet for six years now. It's like people I really want to have on the show. So I have somebody on my team that goes through and follows up with those people and tries to get them booked on the show. Um, you know, I continually keep trying to get Dave Grohl because I'm a huge Foo Fighters fan. Eventually we'll get there. Um, like there's there's somebody following up with that list for me time after time after time. Um, I don't do editing myself anymore. Like I've hired somebody on my team to do that. You know, like I built the process. I made it simple so that anybody could do it. And then I found the right person to do it. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I've processed. Like even like my interview, like scheduling, um, like we use a calendar link, but then I use the same reoccurring link for the interviews because then I don't have to ever talk to somebody till the interview happens. Do you know what I mean? Like they get all the prep as, as part of like an email sequence leading up to it. So I've tried to sequence as much as I can automatically so that like, I don't have to think about a lot of this stuff because there's, there's a lot to think about when you're hosting a podcast. <clears throat> Dude, I 100% agree. So how about, you know, when people get started, it doesn't always take off, right? You talked about the very first podcast that you had, you went out there, you yep. did it and nobody listened. I had the very, I had a very similar experience. I mean, we did maybe, you know, 70, 80 episodes and I think mom was the only one who listened, which is cool. You know, <laughs> we, we love talking to mom, but it wasn't until we started doing interviews and then started adding a few things here and there with an additional content pieces with getting out and, 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 uh, you know, trying to grow the audience itself, like actually trying to do it. What mm -hmm. were some of the strategies that you used to kind of help grow? your listenership or grow your audience base because that's what people are really after they're like i don't want to do this show and only mom listens well so I, I think in the beginning like i had the same idea that a lot of people have like you put the show out there and you just kind of hope and pray like i'm gonna get famous one day it's gonna happen dude it's gonna happen like but it, it just it, it didn't work like that so the the thing i kind of did the second time around that i didn't do the first time is number one i knew what the important statistics were so like you know the number of subscribers you get in the 24-hour period is what ranks you in apple podcasts um in ratio to your current subscribers. Um, and then also, um, iTunes knew Noteworthy was still open at that time. Um, and then it kind of got closed for two years and then it's like different now and everything else. So I knew like, if I get enough subscribers, I'll climb a chart. If I climb a chart, I'll hit new and noteworthy, which means I'll get eight weeks of free promo. So then what I was then trying to do was I had a very small social media following. I had like 200 followers on Twitter at that point in time. So I was trying to get anybody I could to subscribe. Um, I sent out thousands of individual LinkedIn messages by hand because I didn't know like automation was a thing. Um, asking people to subscribe to my show and I actually gave them like I found a, a how to on the Apple website that was like directions because I kept getting like, well, how do I do it? Where is it? How many steps are there to it? So I, so I did that. And then I was texting every single person in my phone and I got a good number of people on my phone to subscribe. And then it even got to the point of like, you're out in the bar with your friends and you're like, so I have this podcast. And they're like, so you're crazy. I'm like, so I'm going to show you how to subscribe to this. Like, so I, I knew that if I got that subscriber number up, I'd be giving myself a better chance of like getting a new and noteworthy. Once we got in there, I started to really get a lot of new people in front of my content. So that was kind of early on. And that, as I said, that strategy is different now because that's changed a lot. But what it comes down to now is making content that works for each individual platform. So like LinkedIn for me is one of our biggest places where we connect with people and, and do a lot of different content. And we do a lot of long form written content over there. Like you tell a story and I think you get 1300 characters. So that's been really, really important for driving listens. Um, you know, I've been doing quite a bit um, with stories on Instagram because that helps to, to drive listens as well. And since we have over, over 10,000 followers on Instagram, we can do the, the swipe up option to send people to the episode. So 
there, there's a lot of different stuff I'm doing, but dude, it's an active process because you can't just expect your guests to share for you and be the ones to get you out there. Cause that strategy also doesn't really work anymore. Um, because especially like, you know, the, a lot of the people that, that you and I are trying to interview, like they're busy. They, they, they are going on three other podcasts. They're, they may or may not share the content that they're creating with you. How much are you doing for your clients? So for example, uh, part of our sequence is, uh, and we fluctuated between giving them, you know, show clips between giving them promo clips ahead of time, giving them thumbnails, giving them content that's easy to post uh, yeah. during that initial uh, sequence when we first book them on the show. We've tried a number of different things. Some things take off really well. Some things, you know, it's a hit and miss, but it's always a trial and error. Yeah. Uh, how much content are you creating for them from your show so that they can kind of expand from there? So we're not really going crazy with it. Like, like if you listen to one of my episodes, one of the very first things we do in the beginning is they have, you know, I say the episode number and then we have a 30 or 60 second clip from the guest, And it's usually something uh, really impactful that they said. And, um, you know, the, the thing, I, the thing I, I did with that is I did a bunch myself and then I put them in a Dropbox and I said to the editor, okay, find something like this. And he's gotten pretty good at realizing like what I would look for, for somebody to say. So that's the opening clip. So then what he actually does is takes the video of that opening clip, goes over to headliner.com and makes that into a viral video. And then we share that. And it's usually less than 60 seconds because 60 seconds is the limit for Instagram. So we give them that clip. Um, we also give them the graphic we would use for Apple Podcasts, which is uh, the square 1400 by 1400. Uh, or we do uh, like a like a longer banner one, which is, I think, like 1280 by like 860 or something like that, which is what we do um, for WordPress. So we just give them those two pieces, the link, the link to the YouTube video and, the, and the, the, the viral video. That's it. We don't do any like super custom thing for each person. We do something that's very easily, you know, done for every single guest and can be repeated the grind dude that's the grind like you 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 were talking about how much time you were spending on linkedin and and i laugh because i've done the same thing in yeah. the dms where you're literally typing stuff up now we use some automation stuff to help us get that initial conversation started but even after that there's a lot of personal engagement that goes into it on facebook anytime i get a facebook friend request i always send a video is the first thing i do when i accept that request I want to be a little bit different. I want to stand out just a little bit than everybody, what everybody else is doing. How much of your time is going into engage, engaging with your audience versus, you know, just creating normal podcasts? Wow. That's a really great question. Um, so it was a lot more in the beginning because, you know what I mean? Like you have to kind of create those conversations yourself. But then it started to, you know, be driven a lot more by the audience, like people sharing episodes, people tagging me in episodes and stuff like that. Um, so now it's just really driven on, by me commenting back. Um, and it's just it's hard to say what that time looks like because it's usually like, oh, you know, I'm on lunch now. Let me take a look. OK, let me engage with a couple of people or, you know, I'm in between calls or something like that. Let me engage with some people. So really, that's that's what it's all about. Um, I used to be consumed by social media in the beginning. Um, and it kind of gets to be a little bit too much, but kind of once you get to that critical mass, you start to see other people putting your content out there. And when you engage with it and, and, you know, work with it that way, that's kind of where I'm at now. Or let's talk about the nitty gritty, the stuff that everybody who starts a podcast wants to know, right? Monetization. So what is the main, why, why the podcast? Like, did you get into it to monetize the podcast and this is like your main thing? Or is it is it something like for us, for example, we used it as a networking tool to kind of fuel that connection with other other people so that we can filter them into real estate or insurance or whatever. Uh, so what what is it like for you when it comes to quote unquote monetizing the show? 
So that's an that's an interesting question because like ninety seven percent of people will not make an advertising dollar off of a podcast, and that's just because you know um, it's like ninety five percent of of podcasts get less than hundred downloads an episode, and most advertisers do a CPM, which is CPM is Latin for for cost per mill, and um, it basically means you get a dollar amount, which is like fifteen bucks per thousand downloads. So it's like you got to get a shit ton of downloads to make like a hundred bucks. So like most people aren't going to do that. So for me, I started it more as like a hobby. Like I just, I need something to do. Like I, I had a job at that point in time. I had failed at a bunch of things. So I kind of needed something for my own creativity. And we had 10,000 listens in our first 30 days and it really took off. And we did some like basic affiliate offers. Like one of the things I do is um, Audible's affiliate program is great. Like they pay you $15 to give away a book. So I always tell the audience what book I'm reading at that point in time. And then we'll have a lot of people go in and grab that book. And then we get paid for that. All you have to do is give people free membership and you get 15 bucks. That's great. So we do some like basic affiliate stuff. But really what happened is people started saying to us, well, hey, can you do this for me? So we started a business that was basically like, we'll build your entire podcast, your website, your social media, and put you on other podcasts. It was crazy, dude. Like it was too much. And what we found is people really liked the podcast we were creating for them, but they're busy. They just wanted to go on other shows. So really that's where the idea of our current agency came, came from was from that, from really helping people to appear on top rated podcasts as guests and also coaching them like what to do with that and how to be a great guest, how to share this content, like what to do with it. So it started initially as a hobby, which became a business, which became, you know, like, everything I do during the day now. Like, you know, we had, we, uh, last, last year we started with a team of four. We have a team of 14 now. So we've, we've grown substantially, um, in during 2020. And, you know, that's really where we're at for, so I tell most people that your podcast should be like what you said, a networking tool to help you connect with other people that wouldn't usually give you the time of day or something that should be kind of like the front end for your current business. Like what helps people to see you, understand you and be a PR vehicle for something else you're doing, you know, 99.9999% of people aren't going to make money off of a podcast from advertising. So that's just not how it is. They don't have, you know, Joe Rogan numbers. I dude, And I a hundred percent agree with you, but it's always that, that, uh, I don't know, North star that everybody's trying to go towards. They're trying to get to that monetization point. And, and it is, it is very difficult, but yeah. establishing your brand, however, yep. and becoming that notable person in whatever industry you're in, that is definitely possible within your own circle of influence and you can grow your circle of influence that way. Uh, and, and another thing that got pointed out to me recently was spending money to grow your audience. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I know originally probably when you started the organic reach of social media was a lot better than it is today. Today, Agreed. it's really much uh, more of a paid thing. Are you guys paying? And if so, where are you placing a lot of that money in, in ads? So we're really not paying for for podcast ads because um like Facebook I it's funny you say like you know like social media has changed a lot with organic reach like dude I get nothing on Facebook anymore unless I'm paying for it like it just it just doesn't work that way so I take that back one of the things we do is um, I do retargeting from people that have been to my site. So like we have a Facebook pixel on our site. We set up 30, 60, 90 day audiences. And then we're running retargeting ads of people that have been to our site. Um, one of the other things we're also doing as well is I've kind of learned which influencers audiences are closest to my own. So I have a custom audience setup of different influencers matched with our email list. So you're getting you know more information on people. 
And then we run dollar a day advertising at those as well uh, when we have episodes come out. So, you know, those that's a couple of the things we're doing, but really that's all we're, we're doing spending money for audience. Um, we built a lot in the beginning and we're continually like working on content marketing. Cause I just think that content marketing is more of the long game, you know, creating good posts, creating good content, writing good things on social media. That's more shareable and more interesting um, because that's, and it's also more powerful. Like advertising is only going to get you so far. So when you, when you have clients that come on, speaking of content marketing, you're teaching them how to be a guest on another show. Uh, so you're, first of all, getting them on those other shows and then yeah. teaching them how to be a guest. What are some of the good qualities that you're trying to get them to do when they go on a show? Some things, some helpful tips that can help other people if they're looking to be on a show. Well, one of, one of the biggest things, man, and, and you know this as a host, like you want somebody to show up and like be there for your audience and help your audience, like not just be able to be like, hey, look at me, look at how cool I am. Like you just, you don't want to show up like that. It's about helping the people that are, you know, in front of you and there to listen and learn from you. So like that's number one. Number two is like, don't be scarcity. Um, like how many times I've had somebody on my show that's like, well, check out my YouTube channel or check out this website or check out this free mini course or whatever it is. And they don't tell me the thing. So like, you know, I'm listening to the podcast to learn something. So like you really want to show up and be willing to serve and be willing to help people. Now, I will tell you, if you look at every interview, it has three separate parts to it, it has story, which is your personal story of transformation and kind of shows people you can you can do what you say you're doing. Um, message the three to five key teachable things you're telling people. And then your call to action, like what you actually want people to do at the end. You can line those up. And the, the thing I always tell people is it should not be a rope thing, right? Like you should not get on every podcast and tell the exact same story the same way every time. It should really be you showing up and learning how to tell that story through different lenses. You know, like business bros is going to hear me differently than another podcast is going to hear me because there's a certain way you have to communicate to that audience and learn how to tell your story through that lens. So somebody that shows up like that is really going to have a great experience and that they also don't show up to that podcast through the, the, the lens of like, where are my leads? I find too often when people show up about that, they want to be serviced and not show up to service. And, and that's just not the right way to go about it. Now, if you're really smart, you're going to do the marketing things with your call to action. Um, we tell people the call to action you give away should be something that helps people apply what you just taught. So for example, one of the things I give away is a white paper that teaches people the basics of PR and, and uh, online presence. And it has to do with a lot of what I talk about. So they send them to a certain landing page. That landing page, I then have a Facebook pixel on that we're sending retargeting traffic to. They go also go into a seven-day email sequence, or let's say they don't opt into that email sequence. We also have another piece of code we put on there for um, an app called getemails.com, and they have a huge database of people that have been opted in for different email offers, and they can actually opt these people into your list. It's like totally white hat and cool. So we're trying to figure out like how are the different ways to kind of plug the holes in the leaky bucket when people hear you on a podcast, you can kind of get the most out of it. So it's really about you showing up to help, being willing to service, but also taking total responsibility for what happens around that interview. Collecting data is absolutely yeah, vital when it comes yeah. to building your audience. On it, 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 It's one thing to say, I have so many downloads or whatever, but it's a totally other thing to have a, a database of emails and phone numbers that you can remarket to. I mean, you talk a lot about pixels and retargeting, but the whole idea behind that is to get that database to grow. So yep. uh, first, let people know what they can do to get that uh, that information that you were just talking about. And, uh, and then tell me about the value of those emails. Yeah. So you're talking about, um, the offer I have. 
Yes. Is that, is that what you meant? Yes. So um, the white paper is called The Seven Reasons You're Not Getting Featured in Your Favorite Podcasts. Um, and they can grab that by going at over to commandyourbrand.com slash seven reasons and the word seven or number seven will work for that. And then what was the second half of your question? And what's the power in collecting the emails? Why, why should a podcaster start collecting emails? Because you want to be able to like send your content out to people that are interested in it, right? Like you want to be able to continue to grow your base that way because at the same time, you have people you can sell your products to. You have people you can sell your services to. And if you're really smart and you have people come on your show that have high ticket offers, you can do affiliate deals with them and you can make some really good money that way as well. So monetizing, I, I feel like when you're looking at it as I'm going to build this thing and sell advertising, you know, you're kind of just, I don't know, it's, I don't know how to put this other than saying like, it's a do me flow. You kind of just <laughs> lay back and just like, do me baby. Um, rather than like showing up and being like, okay, I'm going to create this thing that's valuable and, and figure out how I can use it to kind of, you know, build something that is marketable, build something I can make money off of. Um, you know, it's, it's really more of a, more of an active flow than a, I guess a do me flow in this way. I don't, I don't even know that's the right way to put it. <laughs> no, but I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're you saying. You know what I'm saying? Like you meet tons of people that just show up and they want things to happen for them rather than making it happen. Yeah. Yeah. You, you have to take the action. You have to take the steps. You have to put yourself out there. Well, speaking of putting yourself out there, uh, it, it's, it's one thing to get past that vulnerability of hitting the record button. It's another thing when you start getting feedback and critiques, criticism, whatever it is. So I'm going to ask you for some critique and criticism of us. You, you, you're a pro in the podcast space. So what do you think about the business bros podcast? Everything from, uh, from booking all the way through, you know, your experience on the show itself, any critiques, criticisms, or, you know, comments that you can give me. I just say it felt smooth, man. Like, you know, like you, you, uh, your first reminder, I think came like a month ago and then I got something else like two weeks ago. So like you guys have been like on it where like, I knew I had this tonight and I knew I was going to be prepared for this tonight. Um, at the same time, like, dude, I love the videos. Like, come on. Like you guys are so pros at StreamYard, like that you're, you're doing this on, like, I don't know how to do half this shit. I have to learn how to do it. It's, it's pretty darn cool. <laughs> Ain't no thing like me, except me. Exactly. Thanks, Rocket. And I always, always love talking to Rocket on the show. No, dude, it, it's StreamYard. It's one of those things that uh, when COVID hit, we had to figure out how to do stuff because we would do interviews, but we would do them live in person. person. Yeah, those are way better, right? And, and, and being able to shake people's hands, but you couldn't do that after COVID hit. So we tried Zoom and then I saw Gary Vee doing something that looked not like Zoom. And I was like, what the hell is he doing? <laughs> That's how I stumbled across <laughs> StreamYard. And then we just took it you know, and ran with it and we turned it into what we do today. So it's been a, a phenomenal ride. All right, last little thing. You are putting people out there on podcast shows all the time, which means you have a great assortment of different people that you look up to. It, it could be podcasts, it could be books, mentors, whatever. Who is your go-to in your mind to get you going that day that you just don't feel like getting up or you don't feel like doing work? What is it that you throw on to get you going? What do I throw on to get me going? So there's one of two things, man. Like I, I'm a huge Grant Cardone fan, so I'll listen to something by him. But then, you know, there's another part of me, man. I am a Yankees fan at heart. So just, you know, just just throw on an Enter Sandman, man, and I'm ready to go. That's my jam. All right, fair enough, dude. All right, uh, um, <laughs> I, I, now I'm going to have that song stuck in my head. I a loop with that one, didn't I? Yeah, you did, you did, because now I'm going to have that song stuck in my head all day. Watch, my wife's going to be like, what the hell is that? I'm like, oh, it came from the show. So, so this is show. really bad. Like, <laughs> I, like, 
like I don't watch pro wrestling anymore, but like I used to when I was younger. And I just remember there was one day where where Shawn Michaels is coming out to enter Sam, and you know how it starts like slow, and then it goes bam. So he comes out and he like he rips off his like his like jacket or whatever that time, and everybody's like, ah! so I always remember that. But anyway. Oh man! Anytime I think of wrestling, I always think of uh, how's it go, James? It's, I think I'm cute. It's I been like I'm twenty. It's been like twenty years since I've watched anything <laughs> wrestling. So like, I I don't even know how I was able to make that reference. But anyway, same dude, same. How would I say? Oh, <laughs> a little bit of mankind on the show. All right, look, uh, Jeremy, dude, it's been a great show. Uh, you know, the the amount of experience that you have uh, always translating it translates into good podcasting when you're talking about podcasting. Uh, so I want to thank you for taking the time to come on the show. Uh, and any last minute things you want to share with the audience before we head out? I would just tell people it's going to take a lot longer than you think it's going to take. So be willing to stay in it and be willing to continue pushing. You know what I mean? Like, don't just do something for three or six months and wonder why it's not working. Like, be willing to stick this out a year, a couple of years. Like, make it work, dude. I second that, ladies and gents, especially in today's world. I and, and I don't know about you, but the the act of getting on this show, we do a show every single day, five days a week. We're on, we're we're doing a live broadcast, and it has turned me into a completely different human being. You were talking about earlier becoming that person. Yeah. If you even if you don't get the listens that you want, I can guarantee you, you will be such a better salesperson. You'll have better communication skills. You'll have way more confidence than ever before just by getting out and doing this sort of thing. Uh, would you, would you agree or do you have a different experience? I would, I would agree hundred percent, man. Like it's one of the best, honestly, having a podcast is one of the best personal development things you can do. Like I said, like I was a shy person that didn't want to talk in front of people before this. Like, dude, I've been all over the world and spoken in front of thousands of people on stages. Like I couldn't have seen myself doing that 10 years ago. Like there's no way, but like, this is one of the best personal development things I've ever done. And I've been saying it, Miguel. I've been saying it. I've been saying it. All right, ladies and gents, Jeremy, thank you again very much for coming on the show. Always a great time talking to a fellow podcaster. Ladies and gentlemen, that is all we got for you guys on this beautiful Tuesday afternoon. We'll see you again tomorrow. Hump day. Peace. And we're out. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the business bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.